1: Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, where relationships expert Judy K. Herman and her guests share insights that can help you move through conflicts in your nine-to-five jobs and your 24-7 lives. Crack the Clarity Code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman. A lot of what we discuss on this podcast can be applied to your workplace relationships and improve your professional life. You can build a more cohesive company where people feel heard and respected. As a psychotherapist, speaker, and executive coach, I also support organizations and leaders. If you want to know more about how I can help your company with communication issues or relationships, just go to judyspeaker.com. For now, let's tune into my conversation with Dr. Dana McNeil in changing the stigma of couples therapy, the Gottman Method. Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life. I am your host, Judy K. Herman. I am so privileged to honor another colleague in this field when it comes to insights on relationships. Don Dr. Dana McNeil provides a unique perspective trained in the Gottman method. She has spent her career with people in all sorts of relationships, mentored and trained other therapists. And she has also consulted with television and movies and recently been included as a relationship expert on an upcoming documentary, and maybe you can share that, uh, Dr. Dana, but she's she's out to change, and so am I. I feel like there's such a kindred spirit here because to change the face of couples therapy and the stigma around it, we may be talking a lot about that, but welcome, Dr. Dana. Thank you so much for being here. I
0: am thrilled, Judy. You are delightful, and when I heard that you wanted to chat with me, I was over the moon, so thank you. This is oh. great.
1: My pleasure. I would really like folks to know you and all of us have a story. We all have an origin story that brought us into this field in the first place. And so maybe you can share with us your Reader's Digest version of of how you got to be where you are with the passion that you have.
0: Sure. Yeah. It was kind of a perfect storm of three different things. So I'll try to give you the like synopsis of the three different things. The short one is, I was 40 and I didn't want to do my prior career for the rest of my life. You get to that stage in life. You're like, what do I want the next 40 years to look like? Do I want it to be different? Do I wanna have a sense of purpose? Do I wanna give back to the world, right? So Mm -hmm. at the time I was working in a completely unrelated field. I was something known as a property damage claims adjuster for an insurance company. And essentially what I did is I went out to people's homes, looked at their damage, wrote an estimate, gave them money, tried to help them get back on their feet. Mm -hmm. A lot of my work was doing catastrophe work, which meant I had to travel to other parts of the country. There was, you know, homes that had been impacted by fire, flood, hurricane, you name it. And the best part of my job and the most frustrating part of my job was dealing with people right. I was good at the property part. And Uh what I found is that when I would go to areas where there was collective trauma, an entire Mm -hmm. community was Mm -hmm. impacted. They were not talking about it with each other. It felt selfish. It felt like a burden. It felt like we have to just struggle through this on our own. Mm -hmm. And what they would do is, as you know, as a therapist, we still need to process our trauma. It doesn't Absolutely. just go away. Right. And so Absolutely. I would come out, I'd come with my little tool bag and I would look at a house, you know, that had a tree on top of it. And I'd be like, okay, let me ask you a bunch of questions. Have you contacted your contractor? Where's the tarp on your house? And, and they just would look at me blankly. Mm. I couldn't just come at them with all of these questions. They needed support. They needed to tell their story. And so, so many of them would say like, let me take you in the basement and show you the closet that mm. I hid in. And I'm like, I saw that there was a storm. I see mm. it on your house, but what I realized was I really liked that part of that connection helping my clients at the time kind of understand what's happening to them and understand what happening to me. I was having vicarious trauma. I had no training in this. And so yes. I kind of got the bug and Mm-mm. at the same time I was in a relationship that was long distance. And I wanted to be that different person that goes into this, you know, more tools and more research. And I found the Gottman method and I'm like, oh, this is for me, right? I love this. And so, being- so let
1: me, let me back up a minute, Dr. Dana. So, so you found the Gottman method before you even thought of becoming a therapist or were you, uh, were you like wanting to train as a therapist at this point, It was all kind of coming together. I knew Uh I didn't want to
0: continue doing catastrophe work forever. That's hard on a 40 year old person to be like, let me drop on a dime and fly across the country and stay there for three weeks. I was Mm -hmm. like, "Hmm, not so much. And I knew I had wanted to maybe be a therapist at some point, but this really drove it home having this Mm -hmm. much trauma. Mm -hmm. And then also this long distance relationship. I'm like, I don't know exactly what kind of therapy I want to do, but this really spoke to me. And Mm -hmm. it really matched my personality because couples can be a little challenging, just like contractors. Oh, my
1: goodness. Yes. (laughs) Working with people, period. Right. I mean, yeah. And And so so it just kind of all came together. So, yeah, just FYI for the average person that's listening, uh, there's a whole lot of hoops to jump through even before you start becoming trained as a Gottman therapist. And I do want you to, to also share with us even though you and I know what this is, but, uh, the average person may not know what is Gottman therapy, but people who go through the training, yes, you you go through your master's degree program, you specialize in marriage and family therapy, and then you have additional training after that. So it's not like you go through your, your uh, graduate school training and jump through all the hoops to, to become licensed or whatever in your state as a therapist, but you have additional training. So this is quite a journey, I would imagine, for you, Dr. Dana, right? I mean, I guess I wanted to clarify that, that it takes... <laughs> We don't just let go from one right. I mean, it was a journey for you, right? Yeah, grad school doesn't give you a specialty.
0: It gives you sort of an overall, like, what's ethically important? Here's how to do a progress note. Here's a theory, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. go get some hours. And so you go and you can't be a generalist these days anymore. You know, people don't trust that. If people don't trust somebody who says, I can deal with ADHD, depression, couples, and you're, if you're bipolar that Mm -hmm. people are like, that's not possible. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, you know, we tend to want to specialize. And so you find the thing that's your passion and then you train in that for the rest of your life right i mean that's, that's kind fine. of the back of a therapist and i straight out the gate knew i wanted to be a gottman therapist so there is a pretty extensive process you have to go through several levels you have to have an internship you have to have a mentor you have to find clients that are willing to let you videotape them doing the interventions you have to have the gottman institute sign off on it it's it's a big deal to be a certified gottman therapist there's not very many of us it's an internationally known evidence-based type of couples therapy and so the gottman institute is pretty Pretty particular about who's representing them. And so not only is it an honor, but it's a lot of work. And so it, it's, it's, it's a big deal.
1: It, it, it is. I so appreciate you uh, clarifying that because anybody who writes books on marriage, well, basically they quote Gottman uh, research, and I wrote my book Beyond Messy Relationships. It's filled with a Gottman uh, therapy, as well as I am also trained in Amago, um, certified in Amago therapy. So there's all there are a lot of hoops to jump through. So if you are looking for a therapist, and that the therapist does have just just the college or the uh, the graduate school education, you need to be looking for someone who tr- uh, who trains in a specialized therapy if you're looking for couples. So I just wanted to kind of give that plug as well. well so she- and, to,
0: and to piggyback on that, someone who doesn't just practice with individuals, because there is a very different mannerism that mm-hmm. you are as a therapist, you can't be an individual and see, I mean, you can, but couples therapy is different. It's the difference between mirroring and saying, yes, Judy, that makes sense. I trust your instincts versus like, Hey, you guys are not handling this well. Do you want to learn some tools to do things differently? I have to be a little bit more directive with my couples, right? Because yes. by the time they've come to
1: therapy, they're not always being kind to each other. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it's that space in between. And, and as a therapist, like you said, if you have just one person in your in your office and you're working with just one person, and you may even have what you call a family systems mentality as a therapist, and you, you have this insight. But to actually see in action that couple that is in together in in the space and that space in between, so and this is this really goes right into what I really wanted to focus on, uh, Dr. Dana is is that stigma and that face of couples therapy. Uh, I don't know if this is part of your story as a therapist, but so many people. You know, they try therapy and it just doesn't work or they try couples therapy and it just made their marriage worse or whatever. So speak to, uh, to the stigma around it and, and what you are really, uh, wanting to do at at this stage in your, in your career in helping couples.
0: Yeah. So many couples call us and there is this tone in their voice when they're calling my admin staff of we're a failure. There's Mm. something wrong with us. Mm. We're embarrassed. Because we're not talking about these problems when we go out to dinner with other couples, right? We aren't That's like, right. boy, we got in quite the fight this weekend. We we didn't think we'd make it to dinner with you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're no, we not were done. <laughs> Right. We we put our faces on whether we're going to church or whether we're yes. we showing up at work. We give yes this mask. Yeah. And, oh, you're so right about that, and or it's if, hilarious. Isn't or it? if we funny. just love each other, if
0: we love each other more, then we're not going to have problems. And it's mm-hmm. like that is not the situation at all, right? Mm, that's you right. you you have to help as a therapist who's a couples therapist, help clients embrace that conflict is normal. We Mm -hmm. do not have a message in society that conflict is normal. We are not talking about the fact that how could you not have conflict? You're not the same people. You don't view the world the same way. You didn't grow up in the same family of origin. You didn't have the same prior relationships. You don't have the same expectations. It's the perfect storm for conflict it's what we do when we find ourselves there that says everything about the success of our relationship moving forward. And we have zero tools. Sorry. Did I cut you off? No,
1: no, no. This is good. I'm so glad that you're sharing all of this because what, you know, this is a universal thing. I think that most of us think when something goes awry in our relationships, in our lives, we ask what's wrong with me. Yeah. And, and that's really a question that I, I try to encourage. Let's, let's, I try to encourage clients to, frame that differently. Uh, Because really, there's nothing wrong with you. You're a human being going through a human journey, going through human struggles. It is so very common. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you. This is an opportunity for growth. And that's also, I think you probably see it the same way. When you come across conflict, it's like, this is an opportunity for growth and character development. A hundred percent. That's what I was yeah. just going to insert in, in here. That's no, right. perfect. I mean, yeah. so many,
0: so many couples think that because they've had conflict that they are broken, that mm. the whole goal in relationship, somehow we've gotten the message that if we have less conflict, we're successful. And that's not the case. In fact, my clients that are the most quiet and closed off and are not having any conversation about the things that are bothering them, I worry about them more.
1: Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can be married 30 years and not have quote unquote outward conflict, but that inward built up resentfulness or living parallel lives. Uh, that's very, it's, it's, it can be toxic to even our emotional and not, I mean, our physical health as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So our whole goal as a couples therapist is to normalize, that you are not broken, right? And my favorite way of using the Gottman method is I kind of introduce from the get-go, hey, I've got some tools that can help you be curious versus furious. That's my, that's my dorky phrase I always say to my clients.
1: All right, let me ask you, because I actually recently heard that curious versus furious. I don't know who that originated with, but I've heard it a couple of times now, uh, Dr. Dana, and I think that is so true, curious versus furious. I think that, and, and you can't be both. <laughs> no, well, because it helps me remember
0: we're not in conflict because we don't love each other. If you're upset about something and this is a big deal and this is not normally what you expect from your partner, hey, that doesn't mean that I have to agree with you, but I can at least be curious. This isn't like you, Judy. You don't usually get this worked up about something. What's this mean to you? What is the story behind it? What is, what have you learned in your family of origin that's impacting how you feel about this situation? I want to hear you. I want to acknowledge you. Acknowledging doesn't necessarily mean I'm agreeing or I'm going to change my perspective, but it certainly keeps us from getting escalated with each other.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We And that is so very necessary in our relationship and just recently talking with, uh, Dr. Stan Tatkin, uh, being a student or, or an investigator of your loved one of your spouse, I think it's, it's put beautifully, but it it, just to be curious, to know them. Mm -hmm. Um, it is true that we have these mirror neurons in our brains. And, and then we, it is true that we can't even see our own faces. I mean, we can maybe see our faces on the screen, but we can't see in real life, what is like, that might be really evident to our partner, to our spouse, they can see, uh, you know, when we're irritated way before we can. How how does the Gottman method? Yeah. Share more about the Gottman method because it is more than, it is more than tools. Yeah. It's backed by research. Valid. Share yeah. about
0: that. So for over the last 40 years, John and Julie Gottman have been researching what is it that makes a relationship work? Right. Mm-hmm. We call those clients that were accidentally doing it well because they've had no training. We've had no train. We didn't go to a couples communication class in high school and forget to show up. We don't have training. And so these couples that were accidentally doing it well, John called them the masters of relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not like the rest of us, which are the disasters of relationships. We know that we wanna be the masters, how do we get there? What Mm. they did is they took all of the ways that those clients and couples were accidentally speaking to each other well, how they handled conflict, what they did when they wanted to shut down or get defensive, How were they doing it? And then we took those techniques and put them through clinical trials. And what we found is that couples who use these techniques report their relationship is improved by 86%. That's a big deal, right? When you come to couples therapy, you're investing your time, your energy, your emotions. We're going to talk about sex, maybe. We're going to maybe talk about finances. We're going to talk about how you get along with your in-laws. Oh, and by the way, I want you to pay me for it. You need some tools So that when I'm not in your life anymore, as your couples therapist, you have new ways to navigate things, right? And you're not just doing this for yourselves. It's an investment in yourself. Yes, but you're going to be in a relationship with other people. You have children, you have siblings, you have bosses, you have coworkers. This is a communication tool that you can use in all aspects of your life. The biggest pain point is your relationship. Yes. But this is no matter what, even if you don't stay in the relationship, because sometimes clients break up, Mm -hmm. this is an investment in yourself and it's evidence-based. So this is the reason I chose to do this work because it gives my clients the most value.
1: I love it. So a couple of things I do want to point out and question marks too, that I have in my head, uh, Dr. Dana is uh, when, when couples come in for therapy, it's not just the couple, like you said, it's, it's, it's the, um, other relationships around them, but if couples really realize too, especially ones that are raising kids, or maybe you've got kids that are like, you're about to enter the emptiness stage of life, whatever stage of life that you're in the work that you do in this, in this primal unit, in this marriage, the spousal unit, it definitely Trickles to. I mean, it can it can impact generations to come, because the way that I look at this also uh, with Amago therapy and and also I, I I do a lot of different therapies, kind of eclectic. I do a lot of things, but Amago um, therapy being one, or Amago and Gottman being kind of my main ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but just realizing the things going back to am I normal? Like the things that you're dealing with likely have their roots from way back generations back. In fact, I don't know if it's like 97% of the conflict that you're dealing with in your relationship has its roots in before the age of seven years old. It's like the child, the unresolved childhood issues are calling to be resolved and they show up in your adult relationships. Like there's nothing wrong with you we're just dealing with stuff from the you know uh, anyway maybe you could speak more to that as well well and i like what you're
0: saying because one of the things that i often kind of ask my clients during our assessment stage we have four different sessions just to get on board with what's happening with clients and what they've learned and one of the things that i often say is what did you learn about healthy communication growing up in your family or, or did you?
1: Because most of us, <laughs> that's like what's you, that? Yeah, like, that's, exactly. What's, what does healthy communication mean? Oh, we yelled back and forth, <laughs> or we, yeah. or we yelled and then we forgot about it, or or whatever, right? There's all.
0: <laughs> and the problem is, is that you inevitably are attracted to someone who grew up in a place where they never saw their parents argue. That doesn't mean they didn't argue, but they never saw their parents argue. And neither of them have ever seen their parents resolve conflict in a meaningful way where it's a win for everybody or there's compromise involved. It's usually just get in a big fight, push it under the rug, deal with it when it comes up again. We have these perpetual issues that we never seem to get resolved. There's a problem every time it comes up. And so what did you have modeled for you? What is your baseline that we scream and yell and then get over it or that we just don't talk about it or it means that there's a problem? How is that impacting you in your relationship? How is that causing you problems? And not to say that something's wrong with you, but to motivate you that something can be different. Right, Absolutely. you don't have to stay
1: in this loop. Absolutely, and and so many people just say, I, "I I just don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it different," and they think that they've tried everything. So that's what makes therapy so very valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you're what you want to do is you do want to change the face of couples therapy. Can you explain that a little bit, Dr. Dana?
0: one of the most important things at my practice is for us to be real people with our clients Mm. i'm in a relationship i get that it's frustrating i have to own my own stuff i have to you know figure out what's the me stuff versus the we stuff and how does it impact my relationship and how to ask for my needs Mm. and how not to be in my head right and so one of the things that's most important for us at our practice is we have this like warm sort of living room environment where you come in and it's like you're meeting with a trusted confidant or mentor versus this very like I've got my hornbill rimmed glasses on and I've got my notepad and I'm writing mysterious mm-hmm. notes over here in my chair and I'm very like disconnected and I just give you tools like I'm a professor. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the old style of couples therapy that like, I'm the all knowing person and I can't relate and something's wrong if you guys keep having these problems versus How do I show you that this is normal? How do I help you find that if you can just be a little more vulnerable and ask for your needs, that maybe your partner will be impacted and want to have compromise with you? How do I speak for those emotions that you're having that you don't know how to articulate? How do I hold you both in this positive perspective where these are two wounded five-year-olds sitting on my couch? And how can I find that? kind of little broken part of you that worries that somebody isn't going to love them enough to want to do things for them.
1: And I hear that you're really making that environment uh, even in your office to bring that emotional safety out. Cause that's a very vulnerable thing, even to bring clients to that five-year-old space in their own psyche and in their own souls actually i gotta tell you uh dana that it really it was fall of 2020 i said goodbye to my beautiful office on main street in chattanooga tennessee and i and and since that time i not just virtual counseling but, uh but what it really fills my heart and my soul as a therapist is to meet clients outdoors so there's a beautiful place here in Chattanooga area it's called reflection writing and there's like 300 acres and you can see lookout mountain there is so much therapy mm-hmm. when you're outdoors and so speaking of environment and showing up real and busting through this uh you know the stereotypes and and the way that therapys done done for decades so i love it i think we're soul sisters in this uh in this yeah. thing to uh to change the face of couples therapy by the way i mean yeah if you're filing insurance and, and you're getting a, a 50 or 45 minute couple session i don't know no matter what therapy you're trained in i don't know how that even works <laughs> so so tell us about the intensives because for me myself, I, I have minimal 90 minutes with couples. And I do also offer half day retreats. And I have also opened up a, uh, a two night, three day retreat in an Airbnb and, and an intensive. So tell us about Cause I know you're developing that unless you already have it already established at this point.
0: Yeah, we have, so my group practice, we'll see couples that are local, you know, if you want to come in once a week and do that work, cause sometimes, you know, an hour, an hour and a half a week can feel very overwhelming. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to, but we've started a, a, a um, a site called therapy getaway where couples can get information about an intensive. And so we do a full one day full two days or a three day intensive, which is the ideal. And it's kind of like a staycation for your relationship. So because I'm in San Diego, lots of people love to come visit San Diego, especially if it's snowing or raining, wherever they are. And they come and they spend a weekend with one of my therapists or myself. And we spend three days, rocking out how to make your relationship better, right? We'll use the Gottman method. We do the full assessment. We set goals for you. We help you find a place that you wanna stay, help you find places to eat. So you can take a little vacation and make it a milestone in your relationship where you really get to roll up your sleeves and do a lot of work. And, and it's amazing the difference. I'm sure that you can tell that too, then having that one hour session once a week where you're just trying to fit it in between like carpool and soccer practice Where you can really dedicate and devote to having those conversations that you haven't had, because traditionally in couples therapy, it can take me 15 or 20 minutes even to get them warmed up, like Mm. to feel safe, Mm -hmm. even if we've been with each other for a while. And so by the time we start doing some real work, then it's like, and we're at time. See you next week, kids. Yeah. Right. And so, really getting those days together it's it's astonishing how much work we can do with each other
1: absolutely and you think of uh that you know that hour a week or hour every two weeks or whatever like you said, it takes it takes at least fifteen minutes to even warm up. But you think of all that the human brain and the mind can hold—what you've done before, what you're going to be doing afterwards, and all of that mental chatter that's going on that we don't—we're not even aware of—and we miss out on some things. So I, I love it that you're doing these intensives. Uh, the way that I see intensives like this is that you are, as a therapist, you're providing you're providing an experience. You're providing a memorable experience that, uh, that can really launch um, a, per, a couple forward. So that's- sure, yeah, and I loved it
0: because when you have traditional therapy, then you go back into your home life and you kind of forget about it, which mm-hmm. is if you've traveled here and you're staying at an Airbnb like you have or something, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot going on other than to reflect on what you did during the day and start continuing that work so that the next day it's still top of mind. I'm, I'm sure that you're finding that as well.
1: Absolutely. And here's another idea that I had too, as far as intensives go. Because how many times have you heard couples? They go on, and they have this wonderful vacation. They come back, and then they are like, like there is, there's this high, and then there's this low. They have this breakout fight. So it, you know, it's almost a good idea, or it might be a good idea for some to just plan your, uh, your therapy either before your vacation or afterwards so that you can have a great vacation that can move forward and, and be memorable and really enhance your relationship. Those, those novel experiences are so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I could talk with you more because, uh, well, let me just, let me, let me t- just address this other thing here because, um, and, and you can speak to this, uh, you know, couples that say, oh, We should have done this years ago. I can't, I can't believe we waited this long. Yeah. What do you say to that?
0: Yeah. That's what the research says. John's research says the average couple wait six years before they come to therapy.
1: They're normal.
0: That for normal, like, I mean, that's so many years of beating your head against the wall and wondering why it's not working. And all that guilt and shame for six years of telling yourself that you're broken and that if you have to go to therapy, that means you guys are really screwed up or you're about to get divorced. You're making it a lot harder for me as a therapist to help you, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. why would you not want to get tools? I kind of think of it, and maybe you've had this thought before, if I want to start getting in shape right? I haven't Mm -hmm. been working out. I'm not eating well. Why is it that we have no problems hiring a trainer? I want you to like teach me exercises. I want to help you get on a dietary plan. I want you to be my coach. I want you to be my inspiration. I want you to hold me accountable. I want tools so that I can get in good shape. If you wait until you have the cardiac arrest and have the heart surgery before you come to the gym and start working out, it's so much harder. right? And I kind of think that that's Our role. We're trainers in your relationships. I don't assume that you're supposed to know how to do this already. I'm not, I'm not also not going to choose sides. And I think that that's one of the big fears Mm, is that we're going to come and they're going to say, Oh, it's you, Dana. You are the problem. As long as we can change you, this relationship will work out. There is a fear of that. And couples therapists do not do that. That's not our job. We are neutral.
1: That's true. And, and the way that I look at it, it's this the co-creation. It's not just one or the other. It's the co-creation of this relationship dance, which is what I talk about or I write about a lot. Uh, and I, I compare the synchronized ballroom dancing mm. with what couples do. Mm-hmm. And they, they've got this dance that they've learned from their family of origins. It gets comfortable, but it's dysfunctional. <laughs> so anyway, how, how to, how to learn a different dance. Yes. And, and, you know, another thought that I recently had Dr. Dana, because I did like what you're bringing up is so very universal. Like, Oh, you know what? After this counseling session, I realize it's me. I'm the one. Well, if it is you and you are the one, Think of how much power that gives you to do some changing. It makes you such a change agent, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, we don't, we're not we are to remain neutral because we are for the health and well being of the relationship. And so when you do come into counseling as a couple, it is the it is the relationship that is the client. Okay. Yeah.
0: And we are Switzerland, right? You're France and Germany or whatever countries you're representing. I am going to hold space for both of your needs. And my goal is to help you have a better relationship, regardless of what that means, even Mm. if it ends, right? And I'm not an advocate that you have to stay in the relationship. You're smart, successful people. If that means we're coming to a graceful ending, I'd rather you do it in my office than doing it out in the world with zero tools.
1: Absolutely. You provide that emotional safety for those very honest and vulnerable and real conversations that need to happen so dr dana tell us uh i'm always so nosy as a therapist and (laughs) any guests that i have i'm gonna ask some personal questions how has um your journey and where you are right now how has that transformed you Mm -hmm. and if you would like to see you know uh share with how it's how it's maybe impacted also your relationship because i know some people are in this field i i included <laughs> like we have this knowledge and we just want our own relationships to you know to to get in this flow uh but maybe you can speak to to what those either challenges or or what you've learned about yourself share some of your sure. that way. i think
0: that i am a better person for having been a therapist because i have this armchair view of like people's most fragile vulnerable times in life that the rest of the world doesn't get to see it's that space where you take that mask off that you wear in the outside world and you say i'm scared i'm lonely i am sad i'm worried that i'm not okay and not many of us get a front row seat to that and i don't think that it can help but change you as a person to be Mm. able to be to be given that gift of having that grace and that ability to just connect with someone at that soul level. I mean, I don't I don't ever take that for granted. I think the, the way that it affects me in regular life is I don't really like to do shallow conversations anymore. And so um, I am so with you on that. <laughs> I'm not a good party guest because I'm just like, what do you mean? We're talking about, why are we talking about chips and dips? There's like things going on. How are you feeling about the <laughs> chips and dip? Does it make you sad that there's no chips and dip? Like I want to have a real conversation and I'm oh. not good at chit chat anymore.
1: Yes. And it doesn't mean that we can't laugh at social situations and and, and be lighthearted, but you're absolutely right. We get into this very, I call it just sacred space and with people and and for me, and maybe it has for you, you you have this attitude of learning and growing and observing and just being, I'm so filled with gratitude also to be in this field as well. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, and and what other field are you in that could actually like, it's required that you do your own growth and required that you, you grow and you grow up, uh, Mm -hmm. through all of this life is never boring and and every, every person is different, even though there might be some similar themes And, and relationships are so varied. So I love it. I love it. So, um, if you could share one, piece of advice for a couple? And, um, let's just say an entrepreneurial couple, they're in transition. Maybe they've been married a long time and maybe their kids are, uh, are teenagers or about to go in. They're about to enter this emptiness stage of life. Uh, is there, or, or anybody, what, is there any one piece of advice that you could leave them with?
0: I'll give you the controversial one that always makes my clients roll their eyes at me. How about that?
1: (laughs) One of the things
0: that I tend to tell my clients, which typically will make one of them mad is anything that I do for my partner is a gift. Mm. I am not required to do anything by virtue of the fact that we're in a relationship together and I get lots of eye rolls and lots of harumphing and arms crossed looking at me and it's true. And if we will approach our relationships from that aspect, then we have better relationships because I'm not doing it because it's expected of me. It's not Mm. because, oh, we're married. I have to do that. No, no. Anything I do for you is a gift. Yes, I want to hear you ask for your needs. I encourage, especially my female clients who are not good at asking for their needs and typically do more than they ask for, Mm -hmm. ask for your needs and expect that your partner is not required to do it because you're in a relationship. Allow them that grace and space to say, yeah, I am willing to do that or no, I can't do that. But here's the compromise that I can and let them come from that space that they are giving you something that um, is a gift of love.
1: Wow. That is like, that's pretty profound because that does go both, both ways. What I'm doing for you is a gift. What my partner is doing for me is also a gift because I hear it on the other side. Well, they're supposed to do that. Why no, should not. I, they're supposed to. So that's, that's really, I I'm hearing underneath all of that. Dr. Dana is this attitude of just being grateful versus entitled. Like yeah. when we have this, uh, when we have this entitlement, that is really um, something that, that is not, cool (laughs) relationship, which we don't have time to go into the four horsemen. We could, we could talk another hour or so and talk about the four horsemen, but, um, but wow, this has been very helpful. How can folks get in touch with you? Lots of ways. So if you want to get in touch
0: with my group practice, um, it's called the relationship place. And we do have a website. It's SD short for San Diego, where I live relationshipplace.com. If you're interested in our therapy getaway, that's therapygetaway.com. Or if you wanted to reach out to me individually, say hello, send a little chat, read some of the articles that I've written in or been involved in, it's, it's my name. It's danamcneil.com. Um, so I, I would love to, you know, if anyone's listening and they have any comments or thoughts or things that they want to further expand upon, we are always welcome. Um, you know, we are, we're always available to hear from
1: you. That's great. And I do want to clarify for folks that don't know this. Uh, So if you're in California, you're licensed in California and you live in California, you can go to, <laughs> you can go to her website, get some services, right? But yeah. if, if you live in New York or, or some other state in which, uh, I, I wouldn't imagine you would have license in all 50 States, Dr. Dana, but maybe you do. And I didn't know that, but no, most of us don't. It's so, but you can't go to the intensive, right. And because yeah. you are in that state and receiving, li- um, and you know, therapy that way. So, yeah. so, um, anyway, a lot of people don't know that. Um, and I, you know, it's, weird, isn't it? Because we can, we can basically probably counsel someone on the other side of the world. (laughs) In our 50 states, we have our jurisdictions and licensures and and so on and so forth, which is another conversation and it's probably too muddy right now, but... (laughs) But thank you so much for clarifying because I think you're you're doing a remarkable job to it educate us, Dr. Dana, about about therapy, changing that mm-hmm. stigma and what a beautiful thing that you're offering. And thank you so much for making a big difference with Aww. couples. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you. I, I love doing this your enthusiasm is incredibly contagious and you've been incredibly kind so thank you so much for having me thank you bye-bye
1: wasn't this enlightening Dr. Dana McNeil really showed us how the face of couples therapy has changed and there's no need for stigma in reaching out for help we're normal in our struggles and it's okay to show up real here's my takeaways Number one, and I hope they are takeaways for you. Conflict is normal. It's part of our human journey, and there is nothing to be ashamed of. Number two, most couples wait another six years after discovering or experiencing an issue or what I call a glitch in the relationship. If it's been past six years for you, it's never too late to make that appointment with your therapist. And number three... Anything you do for your partner is a gift of love. So if you're feeling entitled, it's important to have an attitude of gratitude. Think of the good things you give and receive as gifts of love. So remember, if you're in a challenging relationship, there's hope and you are so worth it. What stood out to you? Share your takeaways by going to betterrelationshipsbetterlife.com. Next week, you'll hear from a couple in our two-part series called Breaking Free from Secrecy and Shame. Dave and Kirsten Samuel share their story and you don't want to miss it. Until then, feel free to share, subscribe, rate, and comment. See you next time for Better Relationships, Better Life.